So one thing I would make sure if you're feeling an imposter syndrome that it's like, I actually don't know if I am qualified to do this. The first thing I would ask myself in that instance is, have I sidestepped out of my niche? Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Welcome back to another episode of She Leads First. Today, I want to talk to you about something that you'll know. It's familiar. It's talked about all the time in the online space. It's talked about all the time in the entrepreneurial space. It's a very common term that we've all gotten used to saying and using and knowing. It is imposter syndrome. And what I want to talk about today is kind of challenging and pushing back the dominant narrative that it's this normal thing that we all experience and it's totally fine. You just have to push through because you do have to push through it. And a little bit of it is normal. Yes. But I feel as if it's become this blanket term that we use to describe other types of discomfort in our business as well. And it's almost become this scapegoat for other legitimate problems that may be arising in our business that we should be looking at, but instead we write off as imposter syndrome. And you guys, just as a side note, none of this is blame. None of this is for you to feel bad. All of this is for us all to do some really important and helpful self-reflection in our business and in how we're thinking about things and feeling about things that are going on so that we can build better businesses and ultimately become more in service and better service providers. So one problem I see, like I was saying, is that it becomes this blanket term to describe any feeling of discomfort that's coming up in our business that's making us not want to take action. And then number two, related, it becomes a really convenient excuse for us to stay in inaction, not taking action, instead of figuring out the root of the imposter syndrome and finding a solution and moving forward. It's almost like how when people find out their personality types, I don't care what type of test we're, we're talking about, Enneagram, human design, anything. It's like when people use it, they find out what they are and then they're like, well, I can't do X, Y, and Z because I'm an Enneagram four. I can't do X, Y, and Z because I'm a manifesting generator. And instead of using their design or their personality type as a tool for understanding the world and for navigating it better, we use it as excuses. And I think this is a very human thing to do. So we're all guilty of it, myself included. But the more that we let these excuses show into our lives, the less quickly we are able to make progress and ultimately serve our end consumer. So I want to take a moment to talk about imposter syndrome today. What is it? How do we move through it? And how do you know when it's actually not imposter syndrome that's holding you back, but something else? We're going to walk through a couple examples that I see pretty common in the online space here. 
So first off, let's get on the same page. What actually is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is defined as the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. So the key here is that you have the skills, you've put in the effort, but you don't believe that you are worthy of your success. You don't believe you are worthy of selling your products, of building your business, despite external achievements that you already have, despite the qualifications that you already have, that feeling of who am I to do this, even though you are ready to do it. You are somebody who's qualified. That is a very important piece here that I want to highlight. And now I will say, especially at the beginning of our businesses and especially at any stage of our business where we are welcoming in a new level, where we're trying new things, we are going for new achievements, going for new ventures that we haven't tried before. Imposter syndrome is real and it's going to rear its head because there is that moment where it's like, am I a person who can do this? Can I charge money for this? Can I get people the results that I think that I can if I'm going for this venture? It is real and it does show up. And so I'm not negating this experience at all. But real true imposter syndrome, we have to sit with it for a second and say, okay, I see this. I recognize it. I feel it. How do I move through this? right? Because you can't necessarily stop it. I think anytime that we go to do something new that we haven't done before, and anytime we're stepping into that leadership role voluntarily, there's going to be a moment where the ego comes in and is like, "Uh uh-oh, are you ready? Are you really ready to do this? Are you really the person who's qualified to do this? It's human nature for our brains to try to keep us safe from an unknown situation and where there might potentially be exposure and vulnerability and a feeling of danger or inadequacy, right? So it makes sense that our brain would step in and be like, hold, please. Are you sure that you can do this? And so if we know that that's going to happen, we need to find a way, we need to armor ourselves with a way to move through it when it shows up and test it back right? And so how do we do that? The best way that I have found is to stack evidence in your favor that you can do whatever it is you are trying to do, whatever it is you think you want to do next. The antidote to imposter syndrome where you don't feel worthy of saying and that you're going to be able to do these things, of claiming that you can help other people do these things, of being the one to grab the torch and be like, all right, I'm leading the way now. If you don't feel worthy of it, it's your job to fight off imposter syndrome, to stack evidence in your favor that you can do this thing, that you are worthy to do this thing that you want to do. You have to basically retrain your brain and to use a marketing terminology, a marketing phrase, you have to handle your own objections, right? Just like when we pitch our offer to somebody who is scared, but it's meant for them, they're ready for it, like perfect client, even if they're a perfect client, when you pitch somebody in an investment, there's going to be those fears that come up and they're like, wait, what about this? Am I ready for this? Have you thought about this problem that feels really personal to me that I have to be the only one experiencing it? And you're like, don't worry. I know this is part of the process. We address this problem that you just brought up in this part of the program, in this part of whatever it is you're doing, right? That kind of healthy handling of objections. You need to do that for yourself. You need to do that for yourself when imposter syndrome rears its head. And so 
One of the ways that we can do this, stack evidence in our favor, is to first and foremost prove to yourself that you can get results. So what does that look like? The easiest place to start with this for most of us who are teaching something to a former version of ourselves. So a lot of our businesses in the online space, they're based on us teaching a former version of ourselves, right? Most of our ideal clients are past versions of us, something that we've already been through. And so the first place you can look to start to remind yourself, hey, I can do this and show yourself the overwhelming evidence to support that is, well, what results have you achieved for yourself? Have you already gotten the results for yourself that you are now saying that you're going to be able to do for other people? Do you have any evidence in your past already in your own life of what qualifies you to be able to go do this new thing that you want to do or the thing that you are trying to do? That's always going to be the best and the easiest place for you to start is what evidence do you already have of your own achievements? These can also be your own qualifications if you are not somebody who is a future version of your customer, right? If you're not tailoring and serving a past version of yourself, which sometimes in service provider positions we are not. And that's totally fine. So then what are your qualifications? What are the life experiences that you have that brought you to this place where you now feel like you want to teach this and share this with others? Remind yourself, start to stack that evidence of, okay, this is how I got here. This is how I'm qualified to do this. That's the first place I would start. The next thing that you can do, and this one surprises people a lot of time, but it's something that I always get to see in my mastermind containers and in my group programs is get yourself inside of containers that are going to reflect back to you how much you really know and potentially also fill any gaps in your knowledge that you might have been a little bit worried about. So this can be something like joining a group program within your area of expertise just to double check and make sure that you know everything that you think you know. Right? Like sometimes this is a really amazing secondhand benefit of joining a group program is you're like, oh, I really know my stuff. I know everything or just about everything that this instructor is teaching right now. And this is beautiful validation that I am ready to go teach the thing in my way, in my words. I have my own methodologies for this, or I've already practiced this enough in my world that, you know, I'm not learning anything crazy new. Maybe I'm getting a couple tweaks here and there of how this person does it. And I can choose to integrate their methodology into mine, should I so choose. But sometimes as crazy as it sounds or as Silly as it sounds, sometimes we just need to be in environments like that where we get reflected back to us, hey, you know your stuff. You know this. You're ready to go teach. And it never hurts to brush up on your knowledge as well. And it doesn't have to be a group program either. Sometimes it can be something like getting inside of community. So like I said, getting inside of a mastermind or getting inside of an in-person event where you're going to be talking to other entrepreneurs. And when the subject matter that you teach comes up and when you're articulating what you do to somebody else, you're going to be able to figure out pretty quick like, oh, other people don't have experience with this in the way that I do. And when I explain this to Susie Joe, who is a completely different type of service provider or coach or business owner, they were like, wow, what a cool area of expertise. They'll, like Those little moments, as insignificant as they might feel, are the ones that remind you of like, oh, not everybody has the same life experience that I do. And the things that I was discounting, the knowledge that I have that I just assumed everybody else had, I realized that they don't. And especially when you start sharing that with other people, when you're in something like a mastermind where it's a collaborative or an in-person event, you get that reflected back to you really powerfully of, oh my gosh, I have value here that is bringing change to other people just by me sharing it in these containers. 
So that can be a really helpful way too. And so if you're already in containers, I bring this one up because just start talking about what you do. Start sharing it with other people. Start being willing to put forth some of your knowledge and some of your value just with the goal of helping other people because you're going to start to get those reflections back and start to build your confidence up that way and stack more evidence in your favor. And number three, and this is a big one, the best way that I have found in my own life to stack evidence in my favor when I'm going to do something new and imposter syndrome rears its head and I'm like, I need proof that I can do this is to actually go and do it, to practice it. And oftentimes, and this doesn't work for everybody, but most often in my business, when I'm trying something new, I will beta test it for free just to extra prove to myself that I can get people results. This is obviously going to look different at different stages of your business, whether you are in the beginning or if you are further along and you're introducing a new product or a new service or a new offer into the market. But let's say, for example, you are getting ready to launch coaching for the first time and you're feeling a flare of imposter syndrome. How I might start free with that would be reaching out and DMing a couple of people on the back end of things. So maybe not publicly, but just to start to build your confidence on the back end, DM a couple of people that feel like they are your ideal client and ask them, hey, I have this new offer I'm bringing to market. Would you be a test subject? I think you're my ideal client because of X, Y, and Z. You're going to get this type of value out of it. Would you be willing to do one session with me in exchange for a testimonial and feedback on what you got out of this? Notice I said one session and not the entire program. What we don't want to do is use this as an excuse to avoid taking actual needle moving action in our business. And so what I mean by that is you don't want to put somebody through an eight month program for free right? Nobody's going to show up to an eight-month program for free anyways. Like Nobody's going to show up and be a stellar A-plus client. That's just not how we show up to things. We have to pay attention if you've heard that saying before. But beta test, truly beta test. Give people one session. And the point of this is for you to test out whatever it is that you're bringing to market, build your confidence in your execution, and then have them stick around and either give you a testimonial or give you feedback after the session so you can build your confidence even further and then have some evidence, some proof to present to your audience when you go to actually sell it of, hey, I know this works. Here's why. Listen to these testimonials. So that's absolutely something that you can do in your business. Another way of doing this a little bit further along would be you probably don't have to do things for free once you're pretty well established in your niche, but you're bringing something new to market. But a philosophy that really works well for me, and I will say this doesn't work for everyone the same, but if this does resonate with you, feel free to take it, is I start at a price that I know when I'm bringing something new to market that I can over deliver at that price point where I, there's no question in my mind of like, okay, am I now bumping up against a price point where I may not be able to deliver this level of service on the first go? But if I come down to this price point, that's still enough where the person investing is in it, right? It's still enough for them to be bought in, but I know that I can delight, I can deliver, I can over deliver at this price point while gaining valuable knowledge back on how to execute this even better in the future. I'm going to start there and then raise my prices on the next round. So some of that has to, you have to get on board with the long game mentality, which surprise, we need to do this for all of our business. We always want to be in it for the long game. But if you can jump into that mentality of the price I charge today isn't the price that I have to charge forever, it can be an easy way to, like we're saying, stack some more evidence in your favor of, okay, I'm going to do a price point that doesn't make the imposter syndrome rear its ugly head. That lets me 
show up and deliver. And I, I can say to myself, Hey, I think I can over deliver at this price point. I think I can wow people. If all else fails, I know I can deliver something to them for what they invested. That's going to make them feel good about it. So I start there. I build evidence that what I have can get people results. And then once I know that it works, I bring the price up to the place that I feel good about that feels like a quote unquote appropriate energy exchange for whatever the service is. Now, this doesn't work for everybody. And the reason I say that is because sometimes people will way undervalue what it is and then they don't want to show up for it. Then they don't want to show up and do the work and execute for people because it's like, well, I'm not getting a fair energy exchange out of this. So if you try this, you have to be cognizant not to undervalue yourself to a point where you don't want to show up for it. And for me, something that alleviates that one is I just don't go dirt cheap, right? Like know your worth right? To the best of your ability, own it. <laughs> know what, what's going to feel uncomfortable for you to take financially back for something when you're testing it out for the first time. But also know that you are getting additional value besides the monetary exchange from something like this. When you're testing something out that hasn't been brought to market yet, you're also getting the feedback of the experience. So you get to literally test out your ideas and see how people respond to them. You can see where you might have some kinks that need to be worked out. To me, I place value on all of that feedback. I know that that feedback is so much more valuable in some cases than if somebody were to pay me, let's say an extra thousand dollars for an event versus if I charge a thousand dollars less for that event, but I still make enough that it's worth my time to show up for. Plus I get all the feedback of running that event for the first time. That's going to be worth it to me. And I can always raise prices later on, but if that's a strategy that feels like it could work for you, I would encourage you to give it a go. It's definitely worked well for me in my business in terms of, okay, I just need to get the ball rolling and start building some momentum and some evidence for me that you're on the right track. This is a good idea. It's going to help people. You absolutely can do this and stack that evidence in my favor that I'm ready and tell the imposter syndrome to sit down and be quiet. So those are some of my tips for moving through genuine pieces of imposter syndrome, but I want to quickly cover some things that I think show up in our business that really aren't necessarily true imposter syndrome. Because for it to be true imposter syndrome, there has to be that piece of we are qualified to do the thing it is that we want to do, but for some reason we're getting in our own way and internally we won't let ourselves believe it. And so that's why we can rewrite the beliefs and make it happen and make it work in that scenario when it's truly imposter syndrome. But what about when it's not? What about when it's not true imposter syndrome? And here's what I mean by this. Sometimes when we feel uncomfortable executing in our business, when we feel like we're not ready to do something, when we feel like maybe I'm not good enough to do this or I'm not knowledgeable enough to do this, sometimes that actually is just a lack of knowledge or a gap in our knowledge being reflected back to us. And this is a good thing because this is how we get to recenter ourselves and stay in alignment with our businesses. So one thing I would make sure if you're feeling an imposter syndrome that it's like, I actually don't know if I am qualified to do this. The first thing I would ask myself in that instance is, have I sidestepped out of my niche? Am I trying to teach something right now that really isn't in my wheelhouse? So have I stepped into teaching something that I think I should be teaching because I see other people in my industry overall talking about it and teaching it? And so I felt like I had to if I wanted to keep up. But in doing so, I stepped out of my area of expertise. I stepped out of my niche. And so now I'm trying to teach something that isn't fully embodied yet. And so I don't feel good about it because it's really not my zone of genius. I really have no business teaching it. It's not my business. 
So that's a really good gut check sometimes if, if you're like, I don't know if I'm qualified to teach this. Sit back and really reflect, are you? Because the answer might be no. And that's okay if it's no. There's always plenty of money to be made in our own niches. We just got to stay there. We got to stay where we know that we can actually get people results because we have evidence in our own life. We have evidence in our client results that we can do this. We have genuine expertise with it. So that's the first thing I would check. Have you stepped out of your niche? The second thing I would check would be maybe you are in your niche technically, like you haven't stepped into teaching someone else's area of expertise, but you're trying to teach something right now. And this happens a lot for coaches that you haven't fully learned and integrated yet. You're trying to teach something that you are still working through yourself. And so it feels a little shaky. It goes back to what I just said of it's not fully embodied yet. And it doesn't mean you can't teach on this in the future, but you want to make sure that what you are monetizing, the things that you are selling are things that you feel confident in. And I had such a great example of this in a program that I'm in. It's a really big program. There's, I believe, thousands of entrepreneurs in it. And I I like to go in there and I like to listen to what people are talking about sometimes. And the conversation of niche had come up and an entrepreneur said something that I thought was so insightful. And I wished that more people had the perspective to think about and really internalize. And he said, hey, I finally found my niche. And it was so much simpler. It was so much simpler than I had been telling myself it was for decades. And he was like, and I realized it was because I wanted to help people and I was making it my mission to help people with the same problems I was currently trying to solve for myself. But I can't lead people through something that I'm currently working on in my own life. I have to lead people through things that I've already figured out, that I've already been through. And I don't need to be a million steps ahead of them. I just need to be a couple steps ahead of them. But the key is I have to be on the other side of it. And I thought this was just such a beautiful piece of self-reflection and self-awareness that a lot of entrepreneurs need to also take a time, take a moment, take a beat to reflect on in their own lives of, okay, am I doing this? Because we want to help people and we're so passionate about what we're doing in our lives, but we can't really lead if we haven't let ourselves through it yet. And so that's why number two is make sure that you are not trying to teach things that you are currently still trying to work on in your own life for yourself. Stick to what you already know and what already is embodied. And then this brings me to number three, which sometimes when it's not really imposter syndrome or it's a a side effect of it, The feeling that we name as imposter syndrome is really this red flag going up. And this goes along with the other two of, okay, there's a gap in your knowledge here. There's something that you need to learn a little bit better. Maybe it was you had enough knowledge to get started. Maybe you had enough knowledge to start with the offers that you did and teach people. But now you're at a place where if you want to help people get bigger results, if you're ready to evolve your business and evolve what you do, you need to go out and you need to learn some new things. You need to sharpen the skills that you actually have. Sometimes what we name as imposter syndrome is really just that being reflected back to us that, okay, it's time for you to expand what you know. It's time for you to fill in these gaps. You can know longer get people to the places that you want to take them without honing this, without honing this skill. And a lot of times this can be the point where maybe you are further along in the journey or trying to teach people how to get to where you got, but you don't really know how you did it. So you need to go learn from some experts sometimes and read some books, pick up some literature if that's relevant to your field of study and go figure out why what you did worked 
so that you can teach it to other people. And now it's not always that case, but this does come up a lot where it's like, okay, right now I feel like something's off in my business and I don't think it's quite imposter syndrome. What is it? Sometimes it's you have a gap in your knowledge or you have a next level that you want to hit that your current knowledge can't support your clients to get there. Sometimes we have to supplement our income and that's a, I mean, not our income. Sometimes we need to supplement our knowledge and that's not a bad thing. It will supplement your income in the long run because if you want to have a business that's constantly evolving, you have to constantly be growing. And so I don't think that we should ever fear or ever feel like we're far enough along that we can stop learning, get that next certification, get that, read that next book, take that course that's going to help you add new facets to your business. Be a lifelong student because you can take action while you're learning. But if you stop learning, you inhibit your ability to expand your business and expand what you can do for people. So of course, with time, you're going to hit an upper limit and you're going to say, no, I want to take people further. But your knowledge may not necessarily be there to support them in that growth. So that's the last place that I would check. The last thing I would do a check on in myself if I was like, okay, this doesn't feel like it's necessarily imposter syndrome. It feels like maybe I'm missing something or maybe something is out of alignment here. Something probably is. And so those are the three areas that I would check to do an honest gut check on myself of, is this an imposter syndrome problem? Is this a mindset thing where I just need to stack some evidence in my favor for what I do want to believe about myself and about my business? Or is it a problem that I'm outside of my niche? Is it a problem that I'm trying to teach something that I'm still learning myself? Or is it a problem that, hey, there's a gap in my knowledge here that if I want to get to the next level, I have to fill it. I have to learn some new things. So that my friends, is my little spiel for you on imposter syndrome. Like I said in the beginning, a little bit of this is natural. Anytime we're going to do something new, imposter syndrome is going to show up. It's your job as the business owner with emotional intelligence to be able to recognize it as it comes up and say, okay, what am I really feeling here? Is this just genuine imposter syndrome? Because if so, then you have the ability and the tools in your toolbox to start to reframe it and be like, oh, it's cute that this is showing up again. Thank you, Imposter Syndrome, for keeping me in integrity, for making sure that I am armed with all the tools that I need to to serve my community. But I have evidence that you're really just here to protect me from the next level. I've moved through you enough times now that we can work together and I don't need to let you get in my way. When it's really imposter syndrome, we can start to build this relationship with it where we almost just know that it's something that it's just going to flare up to keep us in check, <laughs> to keep us safe, really. I mean, that's why it's there. That's why any defense mechanisms our body has are there so that as we go do new big things, we're not putting ourselves at risk. But entrepreneurship is risk. Entrepreneurship is one big game of calculated risk. So we need to learn how to work with it. And so that's where you're going to want to do what we said in the first half of this episode, which is that stacking of the evidence in your favor. But when that's not working, when that's not working for you, then we need to look and say, okay, maybe this is something else. Maybe this discomfort is showing up to lead me to where I'm a little bit out of alignment right now, or I need a little bit more knowledge so that I can keep moving and grooving in my business and serving people to the best of my abilities. All right, you guys, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that you found this useful. I hope that we're all going to keep our imposter syndrome in check and thank it for what it does for us, but not let it stop us. And I will see you guys in the next episode.
Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. As soon as you send me over that text, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.